0: Yo, 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 welcome to the Path of Revelation show. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. I have an amazing show today for you guys super excited to share super excited to share I've been I've been really really encouraged by the feedback and the questions and everything that's been coming in from you guys whether you've emailed me or inboxed me and the thing that's been most surprising to me and most amazing to me is much of the feedback that has been coming in has been from people that I didn't even know followed me on social media or people that I didn't even know listened to the show. And so I've been encouraged just to hear how uh, the Path of Revelation show has been blessing you guys. My goal is to keep putting out content that glorifies Christ and content that you can uh, take and apply to your life. Um, to be a more effective believer in this weak, in this wicked and evil world. <laughs> but I'm excited. I'm excited to share with you guys. Listen, the featured song for this episode is going to be by my brother, Read Be Versus. He just released a crazy visual for his freestyle called Read Between the Lines. Make sure you go to YouTube and check out the visual. Even though I'm going to play the song on this episode, make sure you download it. It's available on all digital outlets. Uh, Tory Hooks produced the track, and if you don't know who Tory Hooks is, he he's an amazing producer, brother in the Lord. He actually produced uh, our song, the track for our song, for better or for worse. It was actually the featured song, I believe, on the last episode. Um, and make sure you check out for better or for worse. It's on our latest album, Everything Changes. Also. Matt and I are in the process of finishing up our latest project, man. I'm so excited and and excited to share with you guys because the music is turning out amazing. You know, we've never worked on the project with with this type of deadline, but I kind of feel like this deadline has been pulling out the pulling the best out of us and, and and God's hand is most definitely on this process. So we're excited to share our latest project with you which should be available um, the end of June is is what we're shooting for as far as digital release. And so, man, we're excited to share that with you guys. Also, the first segment for this show is going to be titled Gospel of Haters. (laughs) I I know it's a silly, uh, silly top, uh, silly title, but we've all, I believe most of us at least have heard messages from different preachers or televangelists and bishops about how God is gonna bless us in the midst of our haters or how God is gonna get our haters for us and, and all of these things and so what I wanna do is I wanna take a a segment to deal with things like God is gonna make your enemy your footstools footstool and I really want to examine the this type of preaching and teaching to see, hey, is this actually biblical? Or is this really just a manipulation of the text? And so I really want to want to dive into that because I believe that that this segment is going to really, really bless you guys. Um, Also, I want to deal with an email that I got from one of you guys recently. Um, And in this email, the gentleman was asking me to give feedback on the recent incidents between um with Nipsey Hustle's passing and how Christians responded to it and also to give my commentary on the song that Joyner Lucas just released um for you guys who who may not be familiar cuz I know not everybody that listens to the Path of Revelation show follows hip hop um and just so just for your information, Nipsey Hussle is a is a rapper who recently was murdered outside of his clothing store. He was a community activist doing a lot of good things for the community and he recently passed, but he was he was not a Christian. And so um the the writer or or the 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 listener who wrote in wanted me to give my give my commentary on how we should view the situation with Nipsey Hussle and even how some Christians were reacting online. Also, Joyner Lucas is a hip-hop artist and he recently released a song uh, basically talking to God and how God God allows good people to die and and, um, how God allows good people to die and, uh, and allows evil people to live. And so he wanted me to give my commentary on that because Christian rapper Bizzle did a response track to it. And so I'm going to give my commentary on that later. But but let's get into the featured song for this episode. It's by my brother, Reed. Be Versus. The song is Read Between the Lines Freestyle.
1: Yeah. Turn me down, son. Yeah. Turn the beat up a bit Yeah It's just my thoughts, man Yeah just my thoughts, man Yeah I like the way this feel, Hooks Yeah What up, Throne? I'ma mean, let me talk right quick Yeah Go groove, yeah. Sky dreaming. Listen. First name re, last name verses. Don't forget to read between the lines in these verses. Don't forget to see beyond the lies in they verses. They're all liars. That's on purpose that's on everything, with straight faces, devils but they greet you on the first name basis, cover all bases, stay away from fakeness watch what they say, never listen to a snake hiss, word to the wise look the wise, know they fools but the wise never listen to the lies of the fool keep your eyes on the prize and your eyes in his word, man on your beards, never rad with the herd pray without ceasing, never stop seeking, gotta get you right if you diligently seek him heavenly rewards, I ain't talking about Red. But good is heaven add if you lost in the head Why gain the world when you're losing your soul Why trust in yourself when you're losing control Skydreaming is the movement We'll keep improving In the triunity We'll keep it moving Listen, if you ain't a skydreamer, keep it moving The mission is to give you God's meaning through the music A lot of y'all use it Music's confusing I can't tell if your dudes are true or a Judas Lying in the Judah is proving the truest But you dudes get to it, say it's Name in your music, y'all all foolish, logic all stupid. The world gon' like it if it's hot, then they grooving Waiting on the Lord to gain strength with his people. Mount up on the wings like Wentz in the Eagles, bows in the pocket, hurts in the scene room. Boy, he got a rocket, Hardin' with the swing through. Never made a king drop with rocks in the slingshot. You trippin' if you're thinkin' God won't help me make the sting pop. Doubt God, think not, yoked up, think not lot of these dudes more chicken than the wings stop. Doubt that's a wing spot, fried like a mean perm. Most of these cats' ears itchy as a wing word What a mean bird, the whole team strong Bunch of gorillas going apes no King Kong Or oh, Caesar, all seasons All of us believers, making y'all believers Who do you believe in? Jesus is the kingpin Sing game colder than the toes on the penguin His name voted, he's upholding the winkling All out, I put my heart and soul in this ink pen Or oh, No Tap, this is Hope Red that flows by the boat lows, foes in the toco, and is a no-go. Hope is in my logo. So ahead of y'all, I wrote my quotes out in slow-mo. Whoa, for those who are slow though, cause y'all sleeping on me, bro. You need a no-dose. Rollin' like a Vodo, Vovo, Solo, Dolo. You know I gotta pose for the promo. And that's photo shots for photo ops. No photo shop. We show go rock, the show don't stop for no monkey. Keep it 100, my baby, the flow funky. Every since Jesus appeared and got spunky Got rid of all of my fears That tried to puck me And now I feel lovely He is the light that enlightens a man And I am just a man with the smike in my hand I ain't trying to show y'all how mighty I am I'm just trying to point y'all to the mighty I am Who died on the cross for the soul of your man They nailed my sin to it through the holes in his hand Then he appeared to his friends just to show he's alive Time he stuck his old hand through the holes in his side. My God and my Savior and you know that he cried When I read that, you know that I cried Look, I know he's alive Peter saw him on the shore at that beach And I imagine standing in the holes in his feet And then I understand that them holes is for me Yeah And then I understand that them holes is for me Yeah Yeah Yeah
0: guys welcome welcome to the gospel of haters segment (laughs) i'm laughing because the title was funny to me um but it's a very serious topic yet though the though the title is funny in my opinion but it's a very serious topic um i've had two to three individuals who i respect greatly in my life tell me that this is something i need to talk about on my show. So here it is, the Gospel of Haters segment. One of the things I always I always talk about is the importance of Christ-centered teaching and preaching. For anyone who has been following the Path of Revelation show, or you've heard um, one or two or three or all of the episodes, you know that Christ is the focus of this show. But one of the things that we have to understand that I want to point out as I hop into this particular segment is that we have to understand that there is a difference between preaching the word and preaching what you want the word to say. It is is so important for us as believers to know the word for ourselves. And not be manipulated by self-centered teaching that uses scriptures, but isn't rooted in scripture. What do I mean by that? I can quote 10,000 Bible verses in a message or 10 Bible verses in a message. And talk about Christ, but the message really be about me. Or the message really is about you. And so we have to get back to Christ-centered teaching and making sure that our messages are focused on glorifying Christ and not exalting ourselves. And so I think a good example of of what I'm talking about, um, because I know some of you might might be like, man, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by uh, self-centered teaching or, well... Let me use this example for you to get just to kind of give you understanding of where I'm coming from. We've all heard sermons about David and Goliath. You know, as a preacher, I can get up before an audience of people that I don't really know and I can start preaching about David and Goliath and I can personalize the message to the listeners and say, hey, you're David and your struggles is Goliath. Get my preacher voice going, no. But I can say you're David, and your and your adversary or and your enemies is Goliath. Whatever is in your way is Goliath, and God is gonna give you victory over your Goliaths, just like He gave David victory over Goliath. And the and the audience will go crazy. The church goes crazy. But here's here's the problem with leaving the message that way. It's open to interpretation for the hearer. A lot of times when we preach these type of messages, we're preaching to audiences of people, not everybody in the, audit, in the audience, but we're preaching to, to an audience that has people in the audience who, have, who do not know Christ. Or do not have a foundation in God. And so we're telling them that their haters or whatever is in their way is Goliath and God is gonna give them victory over Goliath. What about, what if, what if the thing that is in their way is actually God's hand calling them to repentance? What if the thing that is in their way isn't actually Goliath, but it's actually the warning of God? saying turn from your sins. Because here's the thing, we we preach these self-centered motivational messages that are left up for um that are left open for interpretation. And what happens is people who aren't truly saved or people who don't truly have a foundation in Christ, when they hear these messages, they apply their self-centered ambitions to these messages. And what ends up happening, people end up pursuing dreams and goals that are actually pulling them further away from the will of God for their life. They, they, They begin to fit in the category that Jesus talked about when he said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? And so... I can hear this message and I can want to be the greatest rapper in the world. I can hear I can hear this message and want and want to be the greatest singer in the world or the greatest producer in the world. And I start chasing my dreams and I start working with secular artists who glorify the devil, who glorify sin. But because the preacher said that whatever is in my way is a Goliath and God is going to give me victory over my Goliath. I begin to push towards what I want instead of what God wants. And so it doesn't matter what I'm doing. They're coming true because it's God giving me victory over my Goliath. And so we're teaching, we teach, we use the Bible to teach these self-centered messages. And we, and we don't call people to repentance. We don't preach repentance of sin and, and putting faith in Christ. And so what's actually happening is. We teach people how to thank God, but we don't teach people how to worship God. What do I mean by that? You can say thank you to a stranger all day. Some of us tell strangers thank you every time we go out to the movies or or to a restaurant and a stranger holds the door open for you. That does not mean you have a relationship with that person just because you tell them thank you. And it's the same way with God. Many of us tell God, thank you, but we literally don't know him. We just know, we just have a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. So what do I mean when I say we're teaching people how to thank God? We teach people how to thank God, but we don't teach people how to worship God. Worship is rooted in repentance and putting faith in Christ. And so my worship, worship is not a song, it's not a style. It's a heart condition. And so I'm not truly worshiping God if my heart isn't submitted to him. And so when, when I hear these type of messages, you know, we, we as we as Christians, we have to be careful. We have to be careful and, and, and be aware that just because someone is using the Bible does not mean that it's about God. And so here's another example of what I'm talking about. I do not own the rights to this recording.
1: No aspirations. Maybe your presence will inspire them. And the Bible says before he ever gets there, they talking about him. And can speak nothing well about him. I want you to know right now there's somebody talking about you. But I want you to take that as confirmation. <laughs> if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. You, you, you got to find somebody, hallelujah, that's mad about what's on your life. If everybody likes you, you ain't going to make a difference. But when you make up in your mind, I'm glad you're mad. Because what I found out is as mad as you are, you can't stop the destiny that's on my life. As upset as you are,
0: you can't interrupt the call that God has. Do it. But listen. So listen. Most of us have heard these type of messages. Most of us have heard these type of messages about God getting our haters back, or God is going to make your enemies your footstool. And we've heard these type of messages preached and taught, and how God has anointed you, and and, and something is different about you, and and he's going to bless you in the midst of your haters, and, and all of these things. And I want to deal with this. I, want to, I really want to deal with this whole concept of God getting your haters back or God making your enemies your footstool. But first, we have to understand that the anointing doesn't belong to us and it isn't about us. Listen, hear me good. When God anoints us, He anoints us to point others to Christ, not ourselves. So though people may be attracted to us or drawn to us because we're anointed or when we're anointed. It just it it doesn't mean that it's about us. It just means our job is to point people to the anointed one. And his name is Jesus. First Corinthians Chapter one describes, Paul is describing Christ and he says, Christ, the power and the wisdom of God. And so just because you're anointed, just because you're talented, excuse me, just because you're talented doesn't mean that you're anointed. This is one of the biggest mistakes that we make. In our assessment of the anointing or or we make the mistake of defining the anointing by talent and gifts or potential. And the reality is you can be talented or gifted and not be anointed. Paul writes in Romans chapter one, verse 16, for I am unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. The book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah writes that it is the anointing that destroys the yokes. What, is the, what does yoke represent? Yoke represents the bondage of sin. It represents strongholds in your life. And so the anointing is the power of God. That breaks the hold of sin in your life. The anointing is what brings deliverance. The anointing is what destroys the chains. That bind you. And so the anointing. Is not defined by talent and gifts. Because you could be talented and gifted and not be anointed. And so we have to change how we view what the anointing is some of the most talented and gifted people hate they use their gifts to glorify everything but God and so we have to have this understanding that the anointing doesn't belong to us And it is not about us. Listen, some of us, some of us can't even love our neighbors the way we're supposed to love our neighbors or or love our enemies. Because we're so busy waiting for God to get them back. And make them our footstool. And we don't even realize that. Oh, he's gonna make my, my my enemies my footstool. We don't even realize that that is being taken out of context. That that is literally scripture taken out of context. And 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 but but we've heard sermons and lessons taught to us telling us that God is gonna make your enemies your footstool. And so we begin to shout, we begin to dance like God is gonna do it. God is gonna do it. And we use These type of lessons and understanding of scripture and use it as an excuse to not deal with the unforgiveness in our hearts, to not deal with the bitterness in our hearts. And so we walk around shouting with unforgiveness in our hearts because of a mistranslated or a scripture that's being taken out of context. To puff up our egos. Psalms one ten is where this particular text is found, and in 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 this whole chapter, it isn't talk. It isn't about us, but it is a prophetic chapter about Jesus coming back to judge those who did not trust in Him, AKA His enemies. Matter of fact, let's look at it. Psalms 110. And I just want to, because this is this is so important because we, you know, this is something that I've heard my, my entire life. But let's look at Psalms chapter 110. And we're just going to read the whole chapter because it's only seven verses. It says, a Psalm of David. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Now for my Bible scholars out there, who's sitting at the right hand of the Father? Exactly. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. So when it says sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. It is talking about Jesus, not us. Verse two, the Lord sends forth from Zion, your mighty scepter rule in the midst of your enemies, your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments from the womb of the morning. The dew of your youth will be yours. Verse 4 The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, that stuck out to some of the Bible scholars that's reading. Because you know where it says you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, you know that's talking about Christ. Because Hebrews chapter 7 verse 17 lets us know that this is about Christ. Verse 5. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations. Filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs. Over the wide earth, verse 7, he will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. So this whole chapter is about Jesus coming back and executing judgment on the chiefs and kings and rulers of the world and all of those who did not trust in him. It's not about us. We shouldn't want, listen, we shouldn't want God to make our enemies his footstool. Because if because within the proper context of scripture, if the Lord is making his enemies or our enemies his footstool, he's actually judging them. He's cutting their heads off. He's executing judgment and they are entering into eternal damnation and so this is the proper context of the scripture it's not talking about us it's talking about jesus but listen before this happened before because this the scripture is prophetic it's 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 after it's after people have been giving up given the opportunity to accept christ Because we know God is a just God. He's holy. He's a just God and he's going to pay sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. God is going to repay our sin or anybody's sin who is not in Christ. That is what makes the good news the good news that yet while we were in sin, Christ died for us. So we wouldn't have to be his enemies. Because we sinned against him. And so listen. Jesus told us what we're to be doing with our enemies. He didn't say, hey, make your make your enemies. I'm going to make your enemies your footstool. Jesus told us in Matthew chapter five, verse 44. He says, love your enemies. He tells us to love our enemies. And pray for them that persecute you. Listen, before Christ makes his enemies his footstool, while he was on the cross, the Bible lets us know in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, while he was on the cross, he cried, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus wasn't on the cross saying, hey, I can't wait to make you guys my footstool. Jesus wasn't on the cross saying, hey, I can't wait to pay y'all back. He says, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Ezekiel 33 lets us know that God doesn't take pleasure in the death of the wicked. And so while we're praying for the downfall of our haters and praying that our success be broadcast public so they can wallow in grief. Jesus is saying, pray for your enemies, bless them. You should be praying for salvation for your enemies if they're not saved. You should be praying that God moves in their life, that they find peace in him. That they find joy in him, that they find forgiveness in him. But because we twist the scriptures to make them what we, and this is where, why I said there is a difference between preaching what the Bible says and you preaching what you want the Bible to say. We have to follow the scriptures and submit to the scriptures not have this not try to make the scriptures submit to our agendas we can't forget while we were enemies of god jesus died for us and so it's not about getting my haters back it's not about getting your haters back See, all of this is really the gospel, I titled this segment, The Gospel of Haters, but really it's just, it's just a a self, selfish teaching, this type of teaching, you know, in, in the last episode, I talked about why many people have left Christianity And I talked about false teachers. I talked about false prophets and how the apostles warned us that there would be false prophets that arise or rise up outside of the church and those who even rise up within the church. And we're seeing it happen like never before. And listen, some preachers and pastors are just regurgitating what they've been taught. Some preachers and pastors aren't studying to show themselves approved like they should be studying to show themselves approved. We can't get comfortable that we're no longer studying and searching the scriptures to know God's heart. We can't get so comfortable that we're no longer seeking wisdom and understanding from above. We can't get so comfortable that we're not looking for a God to reveal himself the more and to correct our wrong, the wrongs in our theology. Because here's the reality. Here's the reality. No one has it all right. Nobody. I can look at things that I believed five years ago. A year ago even six months ago three months ago and be like man that was wrong and you know what what we have to learn how to do we have to repent we have to be able to look at our theology when we got it wrong and say you know what uh, that was wrong and not just admit that it was wrong but we have to be willing to humble ourselves and teach the people that we've mistaught Teach them the right things. Be able to repent and say, you know what? I, You know, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. And so listen. I can't, and hear me good. I can't pray for my enemies while hoping that God make them my footstool at the same time. Listen, I'm going to go with what Jesus said over what anybody else says. And so we have to love our enemies. On one of the previous episodes, I shared the story about my father and how he forgave his father. His father was abusive. His father, my grandfather would beat my grandmother with his fist. He was in and out of jail. He was barely in the home. And my dad and my uncle wanted to kill my grandfather until they met Jesus. And they saw the weight of their sin. They saw the weight of their sin and they saw God's mercy and forgiveness that was available for them. And they grabbed a hold of it. See, some of us struggle with forgiving others, praying for our enemies and blessing our enemies. Because we don't realize how sinful we are. We don't realize how much of a wretched we are. When you are not willing to forgive your enemies, it is a spirit and a mindset of self-righteousness in you. Because who are we to withhold forgiveness from others when Christ has provided forgiveness for all of us? I can't say, Lord, forgive me of my sins and God, I, God, I, I, Forgive me of my sins and, and I'm, trust, I'm trusting in you. Then turn around and say, oh, they don't deserve my forgiveness. Who do we think that we are? And this is not me trying to make light of forgiveness because I understand it could be challenging to forgive people. It could be challenging to forgive people who, 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 who wronged you. You may actually be the victim. Your hurt and your pain may actually be legit. Le- it may be legit. But we have to never lose sight of the cross. We can never lose sight of our wickedness. We can never lose sight of, of the of the horrific nature of our sin in the sight of a holy God. And that he is perfect and just, yet he chose to forgive us. So my encouragement to you is to forgive. Forgive those who have wronged you and who have, who have done you wrong. And if you're wrestling with forgiveness, I, I, I challenge you to meditate on the work of the cross. Meditate on what God has done for you. Meditate on the scriptures. Pray and ask God to help you forgive. And he will do it. He would. But listen, I, I want to take about 10-12 minutes to address an email that I recently got from, from one of you guys, one of my listeners, asking me to address the... um joiner lucas song devil's work and the nipsey hustle murder and the christian's response to both of these incidents and you know for the sake of my listeners who who aren't familiar with hip hop or hip-hop artists joiner lucas and nipsey hustle are both hip-hop artists two separate incidents Um, That recently happened where the first incident was Nipsey Hussle, who was murdered outside of his Marathon clothing store. And it was really a devastating, devastating news because Nipsey Hussle was doing a lot of positive things in his old neighborhood, you know, trying to bring peace to his neighborhood uh, through his community activists and creating jobs and things of that nature and so A lot when when his death happened or when he, when he was murdered a lot of people Were grieving a lot of people are still grieving Over his death and there was a lot of Christians responding online Giving their perspective and and how they view the the circumstances and also joiner lucas about a couple of weeks later he releases this song called Devil's Work where he's talking to God and questioning God about all the evil in the world. asking God questions like why do you um why do you allow evil to happen to good people and have, and allow nothing to happen to bad people and why do you let the devil get away with what he's doing and why do you let him cause havoc in the world? And he's asking all of these questions that a lot of people ask God in the, and the song just went super viral. And then Christian rapper Bizzle writes a response track to, to Joyner Lucas. And so, so the listener who emailed me, he, he just, he wanted my perspective on this because he felt like Christians were, a bit insensitive in their response to both cases. He felt Christians were a bit insensitive to Nipsey Hussle's death and and very insensitive to um, Joyner Lucas's song. And so he asked, how should we respond as artists? How should we respond musically? And And, and so the first thing I'll say about this The first thing I will say is that these situations are bigger than music. These situations, I don't always think, okay, I'll deal with each instance individually because I don't think every situation is necessarily the same. And so I'll deal with the Nipsey Hussle uh, murder first. When Nipsey Hussle was murdered, I saw a lot of Christians taking that as an opportunity to preach hellfire and brimstone, and 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 I, 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 it's not okay. It's not what you say, but it's how you say it. And sometimes, like we have to let people mourn. is the point. Like I don't think that. I don't think using and I'm trying to be careful with my words I don't think we should use I don't I I think it was wrong for Christians to come out immediately and say yo he wasn't a Christian though he died let's pray he didn't die in his sin like like I don't think that was the the circumstance or the time to use while people are mourning to say those things Um, or use his circumstance or his story to, to, to talk about that because people were really hurt. Now I'll say this. I think, I, I think that we have to be unashamed and bold and tell people the truth. We have to be unashamed and preach the gospel because we're in such a seeker friendly society. But I mean, like the day after he died, people like, I've seen, I saw Christians on online, like, but did he know Christ though? Did he know Jesus, man? He was, he was a gang member. Like, it's like, dang, man. Like let people like mourn with them. Jesus said, mourn with them that are mourning. He didn't say, yo, take that as an opportunity to preach hellfire and brimstone. Like go hard on them. Like we, we, the Bible says be wise as a serpent gentle as a dove he that winneth sows souls is wise and so we we can do more we can be more effective if we as christians learn how to empathize with non-believers and use that as an opportunity to share our faith versus just forgetting their the what they're dealing with and their emotions and just going straight for the gut and, and that's what I believe happened with the Nipsey Hussle situation. But I'll say this, since there's been a couple of weeks that has passed with the Nipsey Hussle death, I think Nipsey Hussle's death really exposed how much we as a culture idolize moralism. In other words, I believe and I've talked about this on a recent show, I believe that moralism has become one of the biggest idols in our culture today, where we believe that we can be good without God. And so we downplay and shun repentance of sin and turning to Christ and putting our faith in Christ. But we exalt people who do good things and good works. And, and we, we really preach a works based salvation as christians and as a culture you know we 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 look at an individual and say look at all of the good that they're doing look at what they're doing in the community look how many people they're giving jobs and and we say forget it forget forget the bad that they're doing because their good outweighs their bad and so we preach we we have a self righteous mindset that that thinks our good works erases our sin Instead of the blood of Jesus. But the Bible lets us know that our righteousness is but filthy rags. The Bible lets us know that no man shall be justified by the works of the law. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, for by by faith, for by grace you are saved through faith. And it's not of your works that you shall be able to boast. So there's no amount of good that you or I can do that will make us right in the eyes of God. It's like robbing a bank. It's like robbing a bank and then and shooting the guard and standing before the judge and saying, hey, I know I did the crime. But let me go, because I've done all of this good and I'm going to be a good person from this day forward. And the judge is going to look at us and be like, so what? You just killed the guard. You just killed some you. You just robbed the bank. And so, in a, in a natural court of law, our good doesn't outweigh our bad. Why do we think it'll work with a with God, who has a much higher standard than us? And so we have to be we have to preach Christ and Him crucified. And we should already be preaching this before a a Nipsey dies. We should have been proclaiming God's truth and and love and in boldness and and and, and compassion. It shouldn't take these type of situations to give us a platform to to um, preach the gospel we should already be preaching the gospel and so I think as Christians certain things should be left off of social media certain things aren't meant to be discussed in the comment section because it's not real you know it's not face-to-face interaction you can't see the person you can't detect tone and and, and um, sincerity and different things that that you could if you were in person. And so a lot of times I, I, I use my show or in-person interactions to talk about these type of topics. Um, now, as far as the Joiner Lucas, the Joyner Lucas song, I've, I've had different friends and, and people that I'm close to who have expressed the same sentiments as a joiner lucas and so i hear a lot i see i saw a lot of people responding to bizzle's song and saying man it was nothing wrong with bizzle's song it was tough love it's just tough love and when i hear the word tough love tough love is usually used for someone that you have relationship with i don't think bizzle has a relationship with joiner lucas And, and secondly, it's a song. I think we put, we put more weight on music than we ought to. And what I mean by that, we treat music, we value music just as much as, as we do personal interactions, personal interaction with non-believers. Like I have song, I have a song right now that I'm writing titled God with us. That is addressing a lot of the concerns that a Joiner Lucas had in his song Devil's Work. And what's, what's crazy is I actually had this song in the works before like two or three years ago. Before Joiner Lucas even released this song. But I think, and this is just my quick opinion. I think Bizzle's song had a lot of truth. A lot of truth. But I also think that. His song lacked empathy and grace. Um, I think it was full of truth. And if I was to give it a like a rated in terms of evangelistical effort, I would give it like an eight, maybe a seven and a half. I think he could have showed more empathy and express like even said like, hey, I understand your feelings or, or how you're feeling but this is what the truth is like I think we have to, as Christians we have to find a way we have to not compromise telling people the truth while not compromising our compassion and empathy and so a lot of times I feel like in these instances we feel like we have to sacrifice one for the other like if I'm going to tell you the truth, I can't empathize with how you feel, or if I empathize with how you feel, I can't tell you the truth. Man, we have to tell people the truth. We have to. Like I'm reminded. This is why I give Bizzle's song an eight, even though I have I criticize it. I'm reminded of Paul. I believe in Acts chapter 17, in Mars Hill. And Paul was surrounded by heathens and different doctrines and false gods and different philosophies being proclaimed. And the Bible says that Paul disputed daily in the marketplace and in the synagogues. And so he debated nonbelievers like we're, we're afraid to debate and dispute our faith when in actuality that is a form that God uses to reach people. And so I think we have to be conscious and not afraid um to challenge non-believers, but we have to make sure it's done in love. And so I think that's what his response lacked was a bit of love. So that's my thoughts on the on the um Bizzle, Bizzle's response to Joyner Lucas. And I'll probably give some more thoughts on it later. But listen, thank you guys for tuning in. If you have any prayer requests, any suggestions for future segments or shows? Any questions about anything you've heard on a previous show? Make sure you go to pathofrevelationnow dot com. Now dot com. I love hearing from you guys because listen, I don't, I don't want to just be talking about these topics and 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 not be able to gauge how the content that I'm putting out is affecting you guys. And so, if you have prayer requests or any testimonies or anything like that, feel free to share. I love hearing from you guys. And um, you can also look at the other material that we have on the site, music, music videos, blogs, all of those things, pathofrevelationnow.com. Once again, thank you for listening. This has been the Path of Revelation show, and this is where the culture meets scripture.